It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucratic the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. My friends, today strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. You were made for this moment and my gosh, what a time in history we are in. And uh, thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday to you, producer Steve. According to Kay and Boulder, it is thankful Thursday. It is thankful Thursday. There's a lot to be thankful for. Uh, check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests, our most recent essays and podcasts. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. And um, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, or their livelihood via force. Whether with a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excess of taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, and the Davos uh, elites, actually all the elites' agenda for us, the minions, Producer Steve. Yes, they're, I don't know, uh, like nuts on the tree. They're everywhere. (laughs) Yes, they are. Uh, Very pleased to have in studio with me a candidate for Congressional District 5, Rebecca Kelty. It's great to have you here. Good morning, Kim. How are you? I'm doing great. And uh, any candidate that wants to get on the show, uh, reach out to me. I think it's important that you get to know them instead of just the mailers and the, you know, just the political stuff. I think it's important to have a conversation. So thanks so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I feel honored to be on your show. Well, it's great to have you here. And Kevin Conrad's in studio as well. I guess he, he's not saying anything, but he, he's here as well. So uh, some of the things. So, Rebecca, one of the things that we like to do is have a, a quote of the day. And uh, so I thought I'd choose this from Mark Twain. And as you know, he was uh, his given name was Samuel Lang- Langhorn Clemens. He was known by his pen name Mark Twain. He was an American writer, humorist, entrepreneur, publisher, and lecturer. And he was lauded as the greatest humorist the United States had produced. And William Faulkner called him the father of American literature. He was born in 1835. He died in 1910. Was he in your class, Steve? Stop it. <laughs> but this is what he said. He said, why waste your money looking up your family tree? Just go into politics and your opponents will do it for you. What do you think of that, Rebecca? <laughs> I think he was right on the money. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, politics, it is, it's wild for sure. Uh, several things. First of all, something historic happened in San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco actually recalled... This Soros-backed um, radical activist 
DA, Steve, which I find is absolutely amazing. I think that gives us a lot of hope. Well, in our package, as it always works, I don't know how you guys do this, but in our package today from Patty, there is a uh, pretty good breakdown of the accomplishments of George Soros, and I put those in air quotes, in terms of all the money he's dumped into those uh, DA races across the country and all the damage that has been done. But obviously, you know, in hand in hand, with your proclamation of an awakening taking place here, the people of San Francisco obviously uh, had enough. They have had enough, and it looks like uh, they're probably going to try to recall, is it Gascon in uh, L.A. as well? People would really like to have safe communities, and I think there's going to be quite the groundswell here in Colorado as well. We are number one in car thefts. We're number one in <laughs> bank robberies. And uh, I think that people are going to, um, I think I think people are going to be surprised. So Just to be fully informational here, we're not talking that, that George Soros threw out a couple hundred thousand dollars or something like that. In 2014, he sent $50 million to the ACLU. So this isn't chump change. No, not at all. And in fact, we'd seen a few years ago in that Jeffco DA race, uh, over a million dollars was put into that. So... These radical activists have been playing long ball. Uh, But unfortunately, we've had, when I talk about elites, yesterday I I ended up going down a rabbit hole over on taking a look at campaign finance. And um, uh, the elites in Colorado as well, I think, have, uh, have really been compromising our state. When we look at our state, how is it that we have the most radical abortion bill in the country? How is it that we have these oil and gas, this attack on oil and gas. How is it that we have this attack on rural Colorado, which feeds our our nation? How did this happen? And I found some very interesting things yesterday, Steve, when I was going through some of these reports. First of all, did you know that we had had a secretary of state and that we had Republican secretary of states from 1962 until Jenna Griswold just was elected. Did you? I didn't realize that. So that means that the Dominion machines, mail-in ballot, um, uh, mail-in ballots, not cleaning up our voter rolls, all occurred during times when we had Republican secretaries of state. Steve. Well, my first thought is when we had uh, Dr. DeHardy on the other day. His closing thought was, "How many of." Uh, was he? Did he say eight or nine deficiencies or um, exposure possibilities in the Dominion uh, system as it is right now that need to be addressed? Right. And uh, for those of you that might have missed that show, go back to my website, and the podcasts are up with the summary. And that was Dr. Walter Doherty. He's one of the co-authors of the Mesa Voting Systems Report Number Three. And uh, very well credentialed. I taught computer science for 32 years at uh, Texas A&M University. He received his master's and his doctorate from Harvard University. He knows what he's talking about. And so that was one of the first things that I found that was super interesting. The second thing that I found very interesting was um, a couple of the uh, candidates that have been, um, boy, I just don't know what words to use it, but um, that have been... Uh, involved with 
Republican operatives, people that have been Republican operatives for, for quite some time, and that is Heidi Ganahl, and for governor, she's running for governor, and uh, Joe O'Day, who's running for U.S. Senate. I, I just put together the numbers, and they pl- uh, paid blitz canvassing, uh, and both of them paid blitz canvassing two hundred twenty-one thousand five hundred dollars uh, for their petitions to get onto the ballot, and so that is why I typically have not endorsed candidates. But I am endorsing uh, Greg Lopez for governor and uh, Ron Hanks for U.S. Senate and Tina Peters for secretary of state. And they are the grassroots candidates. My friends, the grassroots, you've got to show up at this election. I would also recommend that you hold your ballots until the day before. Uh, Don't mail them. Uh, You need to drop them off. And uh, I think you should hold on to those ballots until the day before to drop those ballots in the, into the, the ballot box or where you're going to deliver them. And the reason is, is because it's become this whole ballot harvesting. And these things are, I'm doing this in air quotes, they're legal, but they manipulate the election. And uh, things that manipulate the election uh, is really, it, it really does, it means that we don't have clean fair and honest elections. So on that note, Steve, you found something very interesting yesterday. Oh, the uh, the clean elections thing? Yes. Or, oh, yeah, okay. Well, it was, you know, you who really got um, lit up over that one, so. Yeah, I did. Let's see. I thought I had it here. So this was a Clean Elections Colorado, and it was really a hit piece on, um, on Tina Peters. Yeah. And interestingly enough, the registered agent is a woman named Katie Kennedy, who she is the registered agent for many, many of the Republican establishment um, issues and candidates. And so I connected that dot. So this is a hit piece that was is coming out. And what it stated, which I found so interesting. Do you have it in front of you? I, I thought I had the papers here, but I, I don't have it right here in front of me because I copied it off. But basically it said that Colorado has had clean and fair elections for all these years. And, I mean, I don't know what rock people are living living under, but if you've uh, seen 2,000 Mules and you've read the Mesa County reports, it's anything but that. We've got to get these things cleaned up. And uh, so Tina Peters actually is one who's, um, um, I think, done her duty as a county clerk, but uh, she is under attack right now. And uh, I, I really feel that that is one of the most important races in the country right now because clean, fair elections is so important, and it really looks like we've had manipulation in our elections for quite some time, and every day more and more truth is coming out on that, Steve. Well, in terms of their claim that we have had, that stated again, Colorado has had clean elections for whatever... Oh, here we go. I found it. it. Okay, go ahead. Okay, this is what it says. It says, Colorado has a long history of clean and fair elections, but the improper actions of certain elected officials have placed our impartial election system at risk. By signing this petition, you urge Colorado elections officials to maintain clean, fair, and impartial elections. We can't agree on that. But this first statement, but, you know, you kind of have to wonder, my gosh, if we've had Republican secretaries of state since 1962, I don't know. Just go ahead and connect the dots. But uh, I think it's going to get real interesting, Steve. This is the age we live in. They can make a broad brush statement like that, and they know they're talking to uh, a population, an electorate that is really not They've playing. been busy. <clears throat> yeah. They're not following what's going on. So a statement like that, well, that sounds good. Yes, but I think people, there was a recent uh, survey that came out 
that uh, over almost 90% of people in America think something funny happened with um, the 2020 election. Worst part is, I think it's this evening, they're kicking off their TV series, if that's... It's what it appears to be on the January 6th commission oh, that's right. and their findings. And it's professionally produced. Oh, really? It's in prime time. Okay. So, you know, again, that same crowd I was just talking about will sit back and go, oh, that's what happened. Uh, but, Steve, uh, look look what happened in San Francisco. People are paying attention. Yes. Okay. And that, that is why we have to continue to have honest conversations about what is happening here. One other thing I'll just mention um, Apparently, there's been uh, Democrats, um, I think it's probably dark money, that's uh, running ads against both uh, Ron Hanks and uh, Greg Lopez saying that they're way too conservative. I think that actually that's going to be a real positive for them uh, because I think people are realizing that Colorado has been radicalized and uh, we need to move to um, our conservative values, which are limited government and uh, small government, big big individuals. So let's uh, let's go to break. I want to talk to Rebecca Kelty why she's running for Congress. Before we do that, though, Hooters Restaurants is one of my great partners, and uh, it's a story about freedom and free markets and capitalism. How it ended up that we have this partnership, but they have great sponsors. The girls were over last night, producer Steve, and so I ordered the smoked crispy uh, wings. They were delicious. And uh, so, and, and Wednesday's their specials for wings. You buy 20, you get 10 for free. That's uh, to go or to dine in. But they have all, uh, specials Monday through Friday for lunch and for happy hours. So check that out. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Rebecca Kelty. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And in studio with me is Rebecca Kelty. And Rebecca, you are running for Congress. So first question is why? (laughs) Well, that's a very good question, actually. Um, You know, going through what I've been going through uh, in my life, I I realize that we don't have the representation for us, we the people, in D.C. We've got elites in there. We've got people representing the party, people representing the the lobbyists, the the, the special interest groups. But I think we, the people, are missing out. We don't have anyone really there representing us. There's a few, but not many. Mm -hmm. And it's about time that we, the people, stand up and we start doing things. Get off the couch. Get involved. Our liberties, our, you know, God, country, um, our constitution, our families, everything's under attack right now. 
and if someone else isn't going to stand up, then I will. Okay. And that's what I've done. Okay. So, and tell us, uh, so uh, Congressional District 5, so what does that entail? So it used to be um, before the the gerrymandering, well, I call it gerrymandering, uh-huh. but before the redistricting, um, it used to be five counties, but now it's down to basically just one county of El Paso County. Okay. So it's it's most of El Paso County. There's a small area of Calhan that's kind of carved off, okay. but it's most of El Paso County. Okay. Now, El Paso County I've um, has had a reputation as being a Republican, but uh, we've seen... Um, real <clears throat> kind of attacks on Republican strongholds uh, by Democrats. So, what's the makeup of it? What do you What do you think about that? Um, I have found, you know, because I, I I'm in very I'm in various um, social media groups and stuff like that that are you know Republican and really pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. And I have found that the the Democrats are coming after El Paso County. Mm-hmm hard. Uh, but we still hold on. We're, I think we're one of the last conservative Republican strongholds in the state. Um, I, we used to be an R13. I think our Republic, our, our code is, or our, our factor is about R12 now. So it's gone down a, just a, a smidgen, but uh, we're still pretty strong. We're very conservative. We're very, you know, we, we, we love our faith. We love our, our, our country. And, uh, you know, we, we fight, thing, fight for things for, like, our education and our schools and, and the, our veterans, our military. You know, it's a huge military um, area. And to have someone who actually understands our military, our veterans, what it's like to be in the military, what it's like to be out of the military, what it's like to deal with VA is very important. And I'm actually the only candidate that's a, that is a veteran. I'm the only candidate who has served and has worked with all the many agencies within our within our country. I've, I've worked with Border Patrol, Border Protection. I've worked with the Department of Homeland Security, Department of Defense. I've worked with the FBI, the CIA, ICE. Um, I've worked uh, with NATO during special, NATO troops during special operations. You know, I, I was a junior executive for Ross Perot. So, I mean, I, there's a lot of experience that I hold. I've dealt with D.C. for decades. We need to take people like that not elitists, not people with silver spoons in their mouths, not people who, who don't understand what we the people go through. I've had to worry about, you know, making my house note, my car note, living paycheck to paycheck, a single mother. You know, I've been unemployed, underemployed, you name it. You know, I've been married, a divorce, you know, it, everything, the gamut. Those are the type of people we need in D.C. representing us because how do they understand what we go through on a day-to-day basis if they haven't gone through it themselves? They, have a, they look down, a, down onto us, a, you know, a, a pie with their silver spoons in their mouths, not understanding the struggles that we go through every day. They waste our money on a daily basis. I work very hard for mm-hmm. my money. Most Americans do. That dollar, well, it should be a dollar by the time yeah. we get it, but it's not. But that, that, that money that we earn on a day-to-day basis um, should not be used, how do I say, it should not just be thrown out. The money that they have, our tax dollars that we pay into the government, isn't something they should just waste. The fraud, waste, and abuse that I have seen inside and outside the government is incredible. I know how to fix these things, 
I've seen it myself. I just need to be put in a position where I can fix them because that's what I do best. I fix things. Well, and what branch of service uh, did you serve in? Oh, I I did 21 years in the United States Navy. Okay. And um, I retired in 2014. Uh, My father was a a Korean uh, War veteran, and he was served in the Army. My my oldest son was Navy. My daughter-in-law was Navy. My youngest son is Army. My that daughter-in-law was Army as well. So we're a very military family. Well, thank you for my freedom. Uh, because I have another show, America's Veteran Stories, and that's on Sunday afternoons. And uh, that precipitated from a trip that I took in 2016 with a group that accompanied four D-Day veterans to Normandy for the uh, D-Day celebration. Oh, wonderful. And uh, so uh, it is so important that we understand um, our veterans and our military and really appreciate that. And uh, the percentage of uh, the population that has served in the military is much smaller than in World War II. I think in World War II, everybody knew somebody that was in the military. Mm-hmm. That's not so much the case. We have taken our, um, our veterans and our military for granted. So a couple of questions then. Border security. What's your thoughts on that? I think it's a hot mess. I, th- I, I guess you say border security. I say what security? We don't have border security. You know, our, our the Border Patrol and Border Protection that are down there, they work so hard, but their hands are tied. We need to allow them to do their job. We need to protect our country. Without borders, we don't have a country. Right. So we've got to protect that. The, the things that, that people are like, oh, just worried about illegal immigrants. That's not the only thing that's coming through our border. We've got drugs. We've got human trafficking. We've got terrorists. We have, because I told you, I worked with Border Patrol for, for a few years, and we have, they have found um, terrorists, uh, the Quran. Um, the, the they have found terrorists. Um, um, Brochure, not brochures, but um, pamphlets, pamphlets, and, like and, and, and stuff like that. You know, it, it's scary what mm-hmm. comes through there, and the things that they find. I mean, t- the fact that that um, parents who are smuggling or you know, smuggling their children into the country are putting their 10, 11, and twelve-year-olds on Plan B before you know on birth control before they come over because they know that their children are going to get raped coming across. I mean, that's a travesty. It's absolutely ridiculous, and it's our fault because we are not putting in. Place the proper security to protect our borders, so they see it as an as an open door. So they just flood it. They just flood it. Well, and I've seen reports that one of the largest um, migrant um, uh, caravans, I guess, what they call it, is on its way to the border. And I saw a picture of it the other day, and it's primarily men. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that this is a real problem from a national security. Uh, standpoint. So very concerned about that. What about inflation? What's your thoughts on that, Rebecca Kelty? (laughs) (laughs) Our inflation is killing us. It's killing us every day. It's killing us at the pumps. It's killing us at the, I don't say killing us, it, it's, it's hurting us at the pumps. It's hurting us at the grocery stores. It's hurting, you know, the, the low income, middle income. It's hurting everyone. You know, the, the elites, you know, it doesn't really bother them that much. But when you go to the pump, I, I filled up yesterday. It cost me darn near $100 just to fill my tank. That's a travesty. When people can't afford just to drive to the work to earn the money to pay for the mm-hmm. gas, what money do they have left for their their families? Well, and the elites, uh, you know, their vision. And again, we have seen this from both sides of the aisle in public policy, local and uh, county, state governments. 
is the the plan is is us us the minions will live mm-hmm. in uh, apartment buildings and ride the train and buses and bicycles but Americans really like freedom they like freedom of mobility they like the freedom to uh, own their own home and we've seen public policy is the cause of all of this so one other question and that is uh, I'm really not a term limits proponent I really think that we the people have the responsibility for term limits and that is we do that at the ballot box but I do think we should have term limits for bureaucrats because we have this fourth branch government now and it is the bureaucratic administrative state and it's uh, it's alive and well in Washington DC it's alive and well here what do you think you can do about this big bureaucratic state that uh, you know many times they're there long after electeds have been so I, I kind of circling around this I served on city council for four years and I was at a uh, meeting where some of the bureaucrats were at, and they said, you know what, we're gonna be here long after you guys are gone. And uh, so that's a real, that's a hot mess. What's your thoughts on that? It's a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am a proponent of term limits. So um, the reason why is running for for Congress or running for office like I, I am now, I have found that it's near impossible to get those who are stuck, who, who are embedded yeah. into government out, even the incumbents, they're, they're like ticks, right? Mm-hmm. They get their head, they bury their head and they're in there for good until they, until they either decide to leave or something grand happens where they have to leave. Mm-hmm. But they, they're in there forever until we can get them. Look at the Nancy Pelosi's. Look at, you know, all these people that are in office that are, they might not be in our state, but they affect our state. They affect our country. So I do believe in term limits. I believe in term limits not just for Congress, but also for the Supreme Court, for the bureaucrats, for everybody. We need to be able to have more control over who we have and who we employ in our country because we the people are the boss. We are the ones who are doing the – this is like a job interview mm-hmm. for me. I am. I, it's a job interview for me with my, my district – and I hope that they see that I'm the most qualified individual out of everyone who's running, even the even the incumbent. I have far more experience. But until we have something that is put in place to where they have to leave and put fresh blood in there, fresh blood, fresh ideas, you know, is for me – allows our country to move forward. Okay. We're not moving forward right now, Kim. We're, we're just not. No, well, that's We need that's warriors true. in there. We're at war. Yeah, we are. We are. We are at war. So if you put your warriors in place, you know, the time for the old the old guard, the old type of politicians who, you know, they handshake and pat each other on the back is over mm-hmm. because the Democrats aren't playing by the normal rule book anymore. And we need to put fresh people in there who are going to go toe-to-toe with them and fight, and fight with them to get the things that, uh, that we want. We have been complacent and, and rolled over for so many years, so many decades. We need to start standing up, get off the couch, and start fighting for what we believe in. God, country, constitution, and family. Our freedoms are at stake. This, is a con- this country was based off of freedom. Mm-hmm. Well, Rebecca Kelty, I'm convinced we are in the third founding of our country. The first was the Revolutionary War, where America was founded, uh, and the Civil War. 
uh, to really settle the question, is really, can we really have one person own another person? No. Although right now it feels like the government's trying to own all of us. But I do feel that we are in this third founding. And I, I will say I will like term limits on bureaucrats. So I'll go 50-50 with you on that. <laughs> okay. uh, how can people get more information about you? Well, actually, you can go to my website. It's RebeccaKelty.com. So my last name is K-E-L-T's and Tango, I-E. So RebeccaKelty.com. You can uh, contact me. You can email me. You can call me. You can donate because, believe me, donations are, are key for us right now. I'm the, I am consider myself the poor candidate. Okay. <laughs> my donations come in in five, ten, you know, $50 increments. I don't, I don't take money from PACs. I don't take money from any type of interest groups. Uh, no. I have no large, large donors because it's we the people. And my people are the average Americans that they they give what they can. And if they can't, then they volunteer. They do the walking. I have amazing, amazing volunteers. And um, I I thank God every day for them. I really do. Okay. Well, yes, uh, it's so important. This is one of the most important elections of our of our country. for our country. So again, what's that website? It's RebeccaKelty.com. Okay, great. Well, it's wonderful having you here. We're going to go to break. Uh, before we do that, though, Kirsch Insurance Group is another great sponsor of the show. They're a specialist in the Medicare arena, and uh, the government's involved in Medicare, so that means it's complicated. It's great to have professionals on your side of the table. It doesn't cost you anything. So be sure and check out iKirsch.com. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com. And we'll be right back uh, in studio as Rebecca Kelty. And we'll, uh, have a, we have Annette Bybee on the line. And I'm excited to have you uh, hear from her as well. So stay tuned. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned Remax realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. Medical freedom and personal choice are both sacred to comprehensive patient-first health care. At Roos Medical, our providers honor those rights diligently in every appointment. Located in the Denver Tech Center, Roos Medical is a functional primary care clinic with specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Establishing care with us is a text message away at 303-569-6794. For more information, visit RoosMedical.net. Roos Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Franktown Firearms owns their name and their word, so they never compromise on their beliefs. They refuse to go back on a promise, and they run their gun range the same way. Franktown Firearms doesn't answer to a corporate office. Their team has fought to keep their range completely independent, so they can go to sleep at night knowing they maintained their integrity. They've been in business on the same property for multiple generations and maintained their values. 
As a family-operated, family-friendly business, they care about their customers like family. So while they aren't politically correct, they treat every client with respect and decency. They believe in the power of a handshake because they stay true to their word. They value hard work and respect your hard-earned money that you choose to spend with them, regardless of how many times you return. Don't compromise your beliefs. Honor your independence with Franktown Firearms at klzradio.com slash franktown. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson, Sunday afternoons at 3, here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. And there's all kinds of different uh, ways to use force. And that could be coercion, fear, government-induced inflation, weapons, policy, you name it. So thrilled to have in, uh, on the line with me Annette Bybee. And uh, she has a podcast, but she also has a show here on KLZ, and it is Annette in America. Annette Bybee, welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. How are you? I am good. You and I had lunch yesterday, and uh, you brought something up that just floored me, and that was uh, something that you saw in your, I I think, your daughter's middle school yearbook. Uh, So tell us just a little bit about that. Yes, thank you. Um, and it was nice meeting you for lunch yesterday. You're just as awesome in person as you are on the, on the radio. Oh, thanks. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yes, um, some of your listeners may remember that I've been on before and that um, I'm working to take my girls out of their district-led schools. And um, that decision was confirmed for me when um, both of my daughters that go to Crest Hill, or used to go to Crest Hill, Uh, brought home their yearbook and um, I was flipping through because I wanted to find pictures of both my girls I was excited to see you know where they would pop up and um, just about halfway through I see this two-page spread and it says Crest Hill's LGBTQ plus community and on one side they have the history of the, the movement the historical flags um, the description of how this movement came about. Um, and then on the other side, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different gay flags and what they represent. And so they go into detail about what each of these flags um, are about. And then they talk about how, you know, the, the, this is in here because there's been bullying towards this community in the school and education is the way to end this bullying. That's the justification for having this spread in the in the yearbook for these 12 and 13 year olds. So needless to say, on top of what I've already experienced at that school, uh, I was not happy to see this. And so, um, you know, and, and this was just brought home to me um, later when I had a family member um, come out on Facebook as being transgender, and he said, you know, I don't really feel 100% masculine or, or feminine. He's transgender. And my daughter said, oh, 
he's not transgender, he's gender fluid. <laughs> oh. Why does my 14-year-old know what gender fluid is? Well, <laughs> one of the reasons is because they're getting it in school. Now, obviously, they're getting it in the popular media as well. It's all over Insta and, you know, all these other places where kids are spending their time. But to find it in their school where um, I send them to learn how to read and write and do math uh, is a bit disconcerting. And, um, frankly, it, it makes me angry because that's not why they're sent to school, right? There's not a – you don't turn the page and find the spread on the Christianity Club or, you know – The Constitution Club or <laughs> – Yeah. Yeah, why, why when we have um, a public school system that's failing the kids in just uh, reading and math, right. do we have, are we spending our time on educating children? Not kidding, between the difference between pansexual and bisexual. And why, you know, I was, I was wondering that myself, like, what's the difference? And I, I looked it up online, and what I found was that, or at least this is the assumption I made, that bisexual is if you're attracted to both sexes. The, the term bi implies that there's two, right? So oh, that would point. That, 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 right, oh. that gender is binary, right? And so, I, just out of curiosity, I'm reading these descriptions uh, in, the, in the yearbook, and bisexual says, a common misconception about bisexuality is that bisexual people are only attracted to two genders. But the true definition developed over time is attraction to people of more than one slash two or more genders. The bisexual flag was designed uh, to spread awareness and visibility of the bi community, blah, blah, blah. And then I say, okay, so they're saying here bi doesn't actually mean bi, it means whatever. So I go up to pansexual to see what do they say. The pansexual flag was created online in 2010 by a pansexual community representing the difference between bisexual and pansexual. The pan in pansexual is Latin for all, showing the attraction to all genders that pansexual people identify with. So, um, not seeing the difference, I mean, just, just to get into the weeds of this whole thing, can you imagine if you're a 12 or 13 year old? Yeah. This, and you're, you're hanging out at school, right? Right, and <laughs> probably not even thinking about sex, you know, other than you've got these uh, hormones running through you, right? Right. But probably not spending a lot of time thinking about that. And you look in your yearbook and you see the three things. Yeah. Huh. Um, huh. So did you uh, reach out, Annette? Did you reach out to the principal? I did. I called the principal, and um, you know, was after school was out already. And um, I'm told, oh, she's in meetings. Took it back to you. And okay, I thought, I thought after school without principals would be more accessible. But she did email me and say, I'll call you tomorrow. And she did. And we talked. And I said, you know, I have concerns that this is in the yearbook, but also that, you know, I've been to your school, I've walked the halls, and I know that there are these rainbow ally stickers on most of the doors. And so it feels to me like there's a, an atmosphere here of if you are gay or trans or bi or pan or any of these other non-binary, um, then we are your ally, we are your good buddy, and um, so come to us when you have confusion. And um, basically she kind of gave me the same justification as in, in the yearbook, that there's been bullying and that these kids don't feel safe. 
And so they just, um, more education will help kids. And, you know, I, I kind of push back with, don't you think this is a bit over the top for these 12 and 13 year olds? And she really didn't have any response to that. I said, you know, something like half of my 14 year old um, daughter's friends are now telling her they identify as gay or bi. And we know that's just not true. It's, <laughs> obviously, they're, they're being influenced by popular culture, which right now is, hey, anything but straight is so cool, right? <laughs> you know, and Annette, after we had lunch yesterday, I, I, was, I was thinking, I was thinking about the, this whole progression, if you will. So the the um, gay movement, um, there you know, it's been around for many years, and initially it was, um, you know, it, what happens in your bedroom is your business, and I happen to agree with that. I I, I don't really want it, but the other thing in that I thought about it is. I don't want to know what's going on in your bedroom. And so the fact yeah. that, uh, you know, people are are waving flags, uh, telegraphing what's going on in their bedroom, we've gone, uh, uh, we've gone from, uh, from, you know, this is private to you're, you're waving flags. And in fact, we had Dr. Douglas Grotice on the other day, and he said he was out at the Western Conservative Summit, and he went to the Gaylord... Uh, resort there, and there was the American flag, but but as prominent as the American flag, waving at the same height was the pride flag, and it's like, and I'm thinking, really? So we are now telegraphing to everybody what's going on in their bedroom, and so that's the problem with, uh, I think what has happened is, is um, we, we, we said, okay, yes, private, I, I don't want to, that's not my business. But then what has happened then, you see the radical activists, they take something that um, I, I would say is good, and, and, and that is is that we understand individual freedom, and but they have taken it, and, and now our children are being targeted. So to have this in this yearbook, when and that is a difficult time, particularly for young girls. They are targeting these young girls, and it might be one thing if... If, if it was just that, but what they're now encouraging is through drugs and through surgery that these uh, kids are mutilating themselves, and that is truly a crime, I think, Annette. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, and, and the thing is, uh, as I'm looking over this and I'm reading what they're saying about uh, bullying and things, and I think, okay, it's understandable that if there's a concern in a school that there are um, LGBT students that are being bullied why don't we just talk about respecting everyone as an individual you think? Um, yeah and and just wait let's teach be kind let's teach um love and accept one another we don't need to go into the weeds of these are all the different ways that people can feel as as lgbtq we don't it's not necessary to go there we can do this by just, hey, let's love and respect each other. We're all God's children. Or if you don't even want to say that, we're all human beings. You know, we, we don't need to go here. And, and, you know, the problem is that, as you kind of talked about, we've gone from this, you know, we've gone from the really bad side of the spectrum of, oh, we're going to um, be really terrible to, to gay people, to in the middle, which is tolerance and acceptance, 
and you be you and I'll be me, which I think is just perfectly fine to all the way to the other side of the spectrum of you are going to learn everything there is to know about this movement and we're going to equate it with civil rights. And that's another problem here is that we have especially 12, 13, 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds getting into high school. They want to embrace something. They want to make a difference. They want to change the world. And so they take this movement and they say, I'm going to help change the world by, uh, you know, really promoting this movement. Right. And what at that age that they don't understand is that this is not something that everyone thinks is healthy and um, right and moral. And so there are many of us who are going to say, I don't. I don't think it's a, you understand that you're embracing something that goes against God's law and isn't ter- terribly healthy for the family right. or the community at large. This is not just being another color. Right, this is, and this is and that this is such an important point. And the other thing is, is we're using tax dollars, government resources. Uh, for this. And so, again, I think people had agreed public education, they thought, that's a whole other issue, but we think education of our children is important. So we have these government-run schools. We're thinking they're going to learn reading, writing, arithmetic, science, history, civics, and all that. And instead, only 40% of third graders in Colorado can read at proficient um, uh, standards. So let's go to break. Annette Bybee is uh, on the line in studio with me is Re- Rebecca Kelty. She's running for CD5. Uh, before we do that, though, the nonprofit charity that I have adopted is the USMC Memorial Foundation. And um, they are Paula Sarles. She is a Vietnam era um, Marine veteran, and she is a Gold Star wife. And she and her team are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Sixth and Colfax. And my friends, we must remember our military and our veterans and the sacrifices that they have given. I've got to think people that have given their lives for the, this country. I'm wondering if they're looking down, going, "Really, this is what you guys are at right now." That's why this is such an important election. I think there's a reawakening. Of, uh, of happening in our country. But Annette Bybee with uh, Annette in America, she has a show on KL- KLZ 560, 9 o'clock on Sunday nights. Uh, we'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. 
Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Uh, sign up for our weekly newsletter, and uh, you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Uh, in studio with me is Rebecca Kelty. She is running for Congressional District 5. What's that website? It's RebeccaKelty.com. Okay. <laughs> and that's K-E-L-T-I-E.com. K-E-L. Okay, and Annette Bybee is on the line with me, and she has a show on uh, KLZ 560, 9 o'clock on Sunday evenings, and that's Annette in America, and also uh, you've had a podcast for quite some time, right, Annette? Yes, it's Annette on America, Oh, um, but I, that's no problem. Um, I have been podcasting for quite some time, and so I just recently put that radio show on my podcast platform, so you can find it anywhere if you missed it on the radio. Okay. And what do you talk about on your show, typically, Annette? Oh, just pretty much anything that's going on nationwide, but I like to also spend a lot of time on things that are happening in Colorado. And recently, there's been a lot on the schools, understandably, um, since, you know, COVID has come and gone, mostly. Um, uh, Students and their parents have kind of awakened to what's really going on in the schools. And there have been a lot of people who have come to me recently and said, you know, I just found out that this is going on. Um, you know, like the, the lady up in um, Fort Collins whose daughter, middle school daughter, was invited to a secret gay club under the guise of art club. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a huge, Erin Lee, that's her name. That was a huge story. And um, so I had her on, and then I had another lady whose son um, came home and said, Mom, they're doing an entire week on gay pride at school. And uh, he tried to to sort of push back on that. And uh, the reaction to that was very interesting. So I spent a lot of time recently on on things that are going on in school, also CRT and, you know, other issues like that. But um, I'm, I'm promoting people kind of finding some alternatives to this if they don't like it. Like I'm putting my girls in charter school. And homeschooling is a great option. I did an episode on that. So that's been a lot of my focus recently. Well, our kids are really um, being targeted. And in particular, I think that, uh, and it's a difficult time uh, during the break. Rebecca and I were just talking about kids. Junior high, it's such a difficult time. Kids are just trying to figure, their hormones are going crazy. They're trying to figure out what's happening. And so I really feel that this... uh, agenda is targeting them Rebecca it is it is you know the kids like you said they have a hard enough time just fitting in just being kids and then you're throwing all that on top of them the stress they're not they're not capable of holding or handling that kind of stress and then the confusion and all that just leave them alone yeah they're kids they are kids we need to let our kids be kids Annette what I really think parents should do first of all um, I was in the schools on a regular basis I did Thursday folders. We had room moms. Of course, now with all these shootings, schools are getting locked down, but they're also locking the parents out. And that is a big problem. And and if you're not in there, you don't see what's going on. So you said you've walked the, the halls there at Crest Hill, and there's this affirmation on a regular basis with the rainbow stuff. And like I say, 
Um, what people do in their bedroom should be their business, but I don't want to know. I don't want you to telegraph to me what you're doing in your bedroom. And that is where we are totally off the rails. And instead of teaching our kids to think great thoughts, which I talk about at the end of the show, they're sexualizing them. They're looking at them instead of for the whole person, the soul, the Breton in the, in the mind, all that, they are just looking at these kids as sexual beings and trying to just focus on that. So, Annette, we've got just a couple of minutes. How would you like to button this up? Um, I would say I 100% agree with you that, that parents need to get into these schools because kids don't realize that this is not right. They're there. My, my girls never came home to me and said, Mom, they have rainbow stickers on every door. Mom, you know, all the kids are talking about being LGBTQ+. Mom, these are things that are happening. They don't say that because they think it's normal and fine. So we have got to be in the schools one way or another. Like you said, volunteering. I've been subbing, and that's how I've gotten into so many schools, and I've been TAing at a charter school. And so I'm in there working. But you can get in there and volunteer, but you've got to get into the schools and see what's actually going on there. Because if you don't, you will never know. Your kids will not come home and tell you. So that's, that's my big message. Find out. And then if you need an alternative, start searching for those. There's plenty of really good ones. Well, Annette Bybee, thank you so much. And again, that is Annette on, uh, on America, Annette on America, 9 o'clock on KLZ 560, as well as where can people find your podcast? They can go to AnnetteTalks.com <clears throat> or YouTube, uh, Rumble, any of the podcast providers. Okay, great. Annette Bybee, thank you so much. And it was great having lunch with you yesterday. You're welcome. You too. Bye, Kim. Have a great day. You too. Thanks so much. And Rebecca Kelty, our quote for the end of the day for the show is Mark Twain. And uh, with your our conversation about term limits, I thought that you would find this uh, most humorous. (laughs) And that is politicians and diapers must be changed often and much for the same reason. So I guess he was talking about term limits right there. What do you think? I think he was. I think that he understands there's a lot of crap out there that needs to be changed and cleaned up. (laughs) That's true. Although I still think we, the voters, have that responsibility. Great having you here. And again, one more time, what's your website? It's RebeccaKelty.com, K-E-L-T-I-E. So RebeccaKelty.com. And you can find all all about me. And you can even contact me if you want. Okay, great. So this is, uh, we're finishing up hour one. This will rebroadcast today, one to two in the afternoon. We'll be back with hour number two, which that will rebroadcast 10 to 11 at night tonight. Uh, So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.
It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the state house, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, my friends, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. You were made for this moment. And thank you to this team I work with as producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. I can't believe it's Thursday, producer Steve. Aye, Captain, it is. Ha ha, yes, it is. Hey, check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their livelihood, or their um, freedom via force. And that would be a weapon policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the elites, the globalist elites agenda that all of us little minions should just live in apartments and ride around in trains and buses and on bicycles. Steve. You know, again, another sign of our times, and I should have pulled it up here so I could read it directly. I'm going to mess this up. You might have seen this when you go and get gas. There's the famous now sticker has Biden pointing to the uh, price window saying, I did this. Yes, and, and he that, did do this. And the war is to, you know, there's people pe- you know, there's people putting the sticker up, but there's also other people peeling the sticker off. And the sign on the pump says, please do not remove this sticker. You voted for him. You should be proud to pay these prices. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, true that. And I think more and more people are realizing that, gosh, maybe those tweets, they might not have liked the tweets, but they sure liked uh, gas prices. Um, what, $2 cheaper than it is right now, if not more. Uh, let's go to our quote for today, Mark Twain. And uh, you know him. Uh, his given name was Samuel Langhorn Clemens. His pen name was Mark Twain. He was an American writer, humorist, entrepreneur, publisher, and lecturer. And he was lauded as the greatest humorist of the United States has ever produced, or no, has, has produced. And also William Faulkner called him the father of American literature. He was born in 1835. He died in 1910. We are now in a primary season here. You, many of you have received your ballots, so I thought this was so appropriate. Mark Twain said, why waste your money looking up your family tree? Just go into politics, and your opponent will do it for you. He <laughs> signed your yearbook, didn't he? Oh, bada-boom, bada-boom. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, Okay, speaking of uh, your ballots, primary ballots, you should, many people have received them. They will be due by J- uh, June 28th. I would recommend that you hold them and uh, maybe deliver them to the, the ballot box uh, the day before, but not any time before that, because 
Uh, now there is a strategy in both sides of the aisle, operatives on both sides of the aisle. They have all kinds of data. They look at it. They have an idea of how they think you're going to vote. And then they will go out and try to get those ballots so that their candidate can get in. And so we need to uh, get these grassroots candidates elected. And uh, I am endorsing Greg Lopez for governor and Ron Hanks for U.S. Senate and Tina Peters for Secretary of State. They are your grassroots candidates. And uh, we have seen the elites on both sides of the aisle. In fact, the elites on the Republican side have reached so far across the aisle that they're standing many times on the other side of the aisle. And you ask how Colorado's gotten into the position we're in? This is how it happened. So uh, again, uh, ballots are being delivered as we speak. They're due by the 28th, and, and we'll keep you informed on what's happening. On the line with us is Karen Levine, and you know her. She is an award winning realtor with Remax Alliance, a great friend of mine, longtime friend, and she's also been in the real estate industry for many years. She's seen the ups and the downs. She helps people realize this dream of home ownership, which has been under assault now with public policy. Karen Levine, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. It was great to see you last night as well. At uh, Well, great information last night. A lot of great information. But you're also a wealth of information regarding public policy and housing, and there is stuff that's going on regarding this assault on home ownership, Karen Levine, right here in our backyard. There is, and it has happened slowly uh, over time, and I think we're just trying to bring a awareness to your listeners and to the people of Colorado that when we pass policy or allow policy to be passed regarding housing, it generally raises the cost of housing. And the big topic nationwide is housing affordability. And the question is, how did we get where we got? And you compound it with policy, which is seen in inflation and in supply chain and in zoning, um, in building code. We, you know, we saw what the families in the Marshall Fire, um, what they're suffering because insurance is not covering the cost of replacement. Um, it, it has been a, a slow process, but we need, we need to stop what's happening. We need to make changes. We need to be aware of what's going on. So housing, um, building homes has gotten more and more expensive. And we know that the cost of uh, materials and labor has gone up. But this hidden thing, and that's the interesting thing about this Marshall Fire up here in Boulder County, because Boulder County, Louisville, have some of the most onerous, uh, restrictive, expensive rules and regulations. And so now that we see all these people that need to rebuild, and there's these new codes. For example, one of the electrical codes adds probably $77,000 to a 2,200-square-foot house. Well, that's, if, if we really want to talk about affordability, then we shouldn't be having all these rules, regulations, building codes that are making things so expensive, Karen. Correct, Kim. And I think if we were to go back, you were talking about grassroots candidates. What is grassroots? If we go back to the grassroots of our nation, which has to do with choice, with the ability to choose what we want in our home. Do I want electrical charging stations because I have chosen an electrical vehicle 
then I want to work with a builder or I want to buy a home that offers that feature. But when you require all homes to offer that feature, it takes away choice, which then causes the price to go up. And again, you and I have watched this uh, for quite some time. We hadn't quite put our finger on what what was occurring. And then we can see it big time now. I think that, uh, so now what you're seeing is state of Colorado. You're seeing different municipalities want to force builders to have affordable housing. And what that means is, is that there will be a percentage of people in those neighborhoods or those condos or townhouses that don't have to pay market rate. But it isn't that the developers are, are going to uh, sell things at a lower rate. They get subsidized. So the developers still get their money, but they're being subsidized. And who who does that? Well, everybody else who's paying taxes. So you got to say a little family that's trying to get into a house and they're saving and that taxes are high, inflation. Uh, but now some of those taxes are being used to subsidize somebody over here. There's something inherently unfair about that, Karen. But but the other thing is, is then you have government picking winners and losers, and that's not the American way either. Correct, correct. And uh, the city and county of Denver passed um, quite a few um, policies this past week with regards to affordability and putting the onus on the developer. But what will happen is the developer has been given choice um, as far as how they want to handle uh, those affordability units when they bring them to the market. But in making those choices, somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose, and ultimately middle America is going to pay the price for those affordable units. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have some affordability for people, but sometimes the way we go about it um, causes housing in general to not be affordable. Right. And I, I think I'm calling it a cost of living. There's a difference between affordable housing and housing that's affordable. And uh, right. housing is becoming unaffordable because of public policy. And so that's and that's the real difficult thing that we're, we're fighting here. But, Karen, you work on the local and the county and the state and the national level. And I know that you're influence, influencing people. As you mentioned, it took a long time to get here. It's going to take some time to get out of here. But I think that we can, to get out of this, I think we can do it. We can. And there is some silver lining, Kim, from the, from the status or the position that uh, our data from the State Association for the month of May uh, will be coming out. Um, the press release will come out to this afternoon, I believe. But we are seeing um, an increase in inventory. It is. It looks really good when you see single-family housing metro-wide is up 13.8%, but then you look that that's less than 1,000 units. Um, percentages can be deceiving, but 1,000 units takes some pressure off buyers who have been in um, this fiery rat race craziness to compete that they have the uh, opportunity here over the next probably 90 days um, is what we've seen seasonally uh, to be able to get into a home and not be um, up against 20 offers. Maybe they'll be up against three or four, but you're not going to see 100000 over list price. Okay. So, Karen Levine, how can people reach you? They can reach me at 303 877 
7516. So if you're buying a home, selling a home, or looking at a new build, have Karen Levine help you with that. Number is 303-877-7516. Again, 303-877-7516. Karen Levine, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. That sounds great. Have a good one. Okay. When we come back, Dr. Jill Vecchio, you know when Dr. Jill Vecchio decides she's going to research a subject, she's going to research a subject. And there's something that the mainstream media is not mentioning. But I started to see these headlines pop up about different uh, food distribution or processing centers that are uh, um, uh, being destroyed by fire. And so Jill and I said, let's talk about that. So we'll be right back with Dr. Jill Vecchio and uh, what is happening to our food supply. We'll be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Dr. Jill Vecchio is... uh, She's a great researcher. She uh, is a radiologist, but she was one of the few people that actually read the Complete Unaffordable Care Act, known as Obamacare, PPACA, and was out there talking to people about her concern about uh, socializing health care here in America. Um, But she's really looked at a lot of different issues, and I said, have you seen anything about all these fires at these different distribution, um, food distribution and food processing plants. And uh, so I wanted to talk with you about that. Jill, what have you found out? Um, there, are, there are big lists of things going on. The question is, and, and let me just let your listeners know, uh, the reason that you wanted me to talk about the farming stuff is because I grew up working on a farm in Iowa. My dad and brother had seed production companies in Iowa. We still, uh, most of those are shut down, but we still have land in Iowa. We've had cattle, pigs, um, chickens, you know, all kinds of stuff over the years. So I, I keep track of what's happening in, in farming, and it's it's really frightening. And you and I have talked a few times uh, peripherally about the farming stuff, but this is a great opportunity to really tell people how expensive the, I'm going to call it the war on farming, has become as part of the Great Reset, I believe. The, there are explosions, 
fires, like a plane crashed into some kind of distribution center or processing center. There, since April, a lot of these happened in April, and it was brought to our attention in April. And now the Minnesota huge poultry facility, um, they're not sure how the fire started. Somebody said maybe it was an accident or it could have been arson that a huge fire happened at a large poultry plant and probably 200,000 birds were burned, which is just awful. Um, the processing, and if you think about it, if you just hit a distribution center or a processing plant, especially a processing plant, the, the down, so a processing plant is where they take the critters, whether it be cattle, pigs, um, turkeys, chickens, go to a processing plant. They're trucked there, or they go by rail sometimes, but most of the time they're trucked there, and um, then they're processed for human consumption. So a processing plant, there aren't that many of them, and they're, they're scattered around in key areas so they can serve a big region. If a processing plant goes down for whatever reason, then that, that creates a massive downstream problem because if you can't get, especially now with high fuel prices, if you can't get your critters to market um, for a decent price, you know, the, the, the cost of transport and so forth, a lot of farmers will just euthanize the animals because it's more expensive to get them to the processing plant than... Uh, it is to just uh, say, forget it, we'll just move on with the next bunch of, you know, the, the next herd, you know, right. whatever's, whatever's on record more. And, and that happened during COVID. A bunch of millions of hogs had to be euthanized because of a processing plant that was shut down because of COVID processing plant in South Dakota that was owned by China. Or not by China, but by Chinese nationals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, uh, there's a lot to talk about on this. Were there specific uh, incidences that you want to talk about? My concern, first of all, Jill, is Joe Biden is out there. He's been telegraphing that there's going to be food shortages. And real leadership would say, oh, okay, we see there might be a potential problem here. We're going to figure out how to solve it. So I just I'm just concerned that he's saying there's going to be food shortages. And then uh, this piece, this was and it's difficult to find some of these, but you can find this wine press news uh, regarding food processing plant um, distribution and processing plants that have uh, um, been destroyed because of fire. I just uh, I'm just very concerned about it. And there's a, a list of well over probably 30 different uh, processing places mm-hmm. that have been, as you mentioned, uh, and this was in kind of, I think, in April, but uh, there was a whole bunch of news on March 25th with Biden talking about food shortages and a whole bunch of different articles. And I, don't, I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm getting very cynical in my old age here, Jill. Absolutely. And, and we, ha- we know that from our discussions on the Great Reset, one of the things that he was even listed in the earlier version of the Great Reset, which was called Agenda 21, which we were told was a conspiracy theory, but it obviously wasn't. It's on the UN website. You can download it. Uh, One of the things that was considered unsustainable, unsustainable for the planet, was farming. You have to understand that 
the elite power structure of the world, the New World Order people, the Great Reset people, all the same players, they want farming to be diminished significantly. They had a, um, Joe Biden came up with 30 by 30, well, he didn't come up with it, let's face it, but 30 by 30, you know, quote, unquote, 30 by 30. In other words, they wanted 30% of the land in the United States one-third of the land in the United States to be under federal control by 2030. And that's going to include a lot of farmland. And we know Bill Gates and these real estate trusts have been buying up farmland. Farming is going into the small family farm, and the individual farmer is being squeezed out between regulations and insanely high land prices that are just skyrocketing they're an all-time high right now right now an all-time high so small farmers and family farms can't even can't stay in business and that the inheritance taxes are squeezing families out you can't it's more and more difficult under biden and and this administration for farms to stay in families it's all going it's all turning into these huge corporations are owned by these big real estate investment companies well and don't you remember for many years we talked about world hunger that that was something that we wanted to address and we've made tremendous progress uh, regarding um, people having food throughout the world and a lot of that is because of the american farmer and then for many years, there's been a program called CRP, and I can't remember, it's conservation something, right? but that is where farmers have actually been paid not to plant crops, which, uh, if, you know, when Biden's talking about food shortages, and, and it's like oil and gas, uh, if they're going to uh, do development, you can't just snap your fingers and make that happen. So farmers can't just snap their fingers and, and plant Anytime they want. It's in the springtime they plant. They harvest in the, the uh, wheat in the summer and the, uh, many of the other crops in the fall. And um, so the fact that the government would be paying farmers not to farm, but yet Biden is saying there's going to be food shortages, seems like a problem to me, Jill. Well, exactly. You, you just think if you could open up some of that, they're called, uh, they're like conservation easements. Um, and the government is, they're really increasing the amount of land that the government is paying farmers not to farm. When they were talking about huge, we're talking about very serious wheat shortages because so much of the wheat comes from Russia and Ukraine uh, for, the, for the entire world. We used, to, we used to be the primary wheat producer in the world. Uh, and we've given that up along with manufacturing and all these other things that so it didn't make any sense. What, what would be would have been great, I mean, the, the Ukraine thing has been going on plenty long. We knew that fertilizer and uh, we, we knew that fertilizer was going to be a problem. We knew that wheat was probably going to be a problem with all of the supply chain, blah, blah, blah. So they've been talking about food, food shortages long enough ago that there could have been an Operation Warp Speed type thing to get farmers planting wheat again for our consumption or even to export to other countries. It's, it's so silly, and the, and the same thing that we've done, with, it's not silly, it's, to me it's very strategically planned. They don't, they're not all wound up about food shortages, what are they, they're not doing anything about it. 
Right. They're not doing anything about gas prices. They they know that it's happening, but they're not doing anything about it. The and understand also, you know, if if you ate a meal today or if you eat a meal today, you need to thank a farmer and you need to thank a trucker. And both of those industries use loads of fuel. Tractors, all the machinery, gas powered. The fuel costs are are traditionally, even with reasonable prices, are like the highest cost of, of, a, of a farm. That and fertilizer. The two things that are in huge shortage right now, and the, sky, the, the price is skyrocketing. If you're able to get food, because there are going to be a lot of farmers who just can't make the numbers work. Right. A lot of farmers rent land, like, you know, we rent our land out to, to people they farm it well if they can't make their numbers work then they're there you might hear of some farmers just not even now now everything's in the ground but you know depending on how long this goes on you don't know what they're going to end up doing if they can't afford to get it out of the if they can't afford the fuel to get a crop out of the field when it's time to harvest mm-hmm. you know what i mean or well, yep. get it to market or whatever i mean th- th- these are all and, and, and farmers are living like like you said. It's, it's such a seasonal business that you're you borrowed up to your eyebrows just to get the crop in the field, and then you pray that everything goes well so you get a decent crop out of it in the fall so you can pay off the loan that you just that you had out for the season. And but the, that's, and, how that's how they work, right? And the, but the bottom line is they are feeding America, and uh, many times, well, we used to export so that we would feed the world. And so I'm going to go to break. When we come back, I'll continue the conversation with Dr. Jill Vecchio and uh, just the challenge that is occurring with our food supply. And I think, uh, Jill, let's do go down the list on some of these um, different processing plants that uh, have um, been uh, destroyed by fire. And so uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Practice shooting in the same place you bought the firearm. Frankton Firearms makes your life easier with safety and tactical training. Firearm storage and firearm purchase all conveniently located in the same place. At Franktown, learning is accessible. 
The team recommends you practice developing confidence in handling your gun with a proprietary training course or one-on-one instruction located on-site. Make your life easier and store your firearms safely on-premises at the Franktown Firearms Armory. The team at Franktown pride themselves on developing long-term relationships with their clients who utilize their one-stop shop. First-time buyers looking for guidance frequently return because they're having fun. They see beginners turning into experts all the time. And you can, too, with resources and tools at your disposal. No matter what level you're at, get your firearms curiosity, needs, and desires met at Franktown Firearms. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown or the Franktown Firearms storefront location. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. We have Dr. Jill Vecchio on the line with us. We're talking about rural issues. She grew up in rural Iowa. I grew up in rural Kansas. And so we're farm girls. We, we understand, first of all, as you said, Dr. Jill, that uh, if you had a meal, thank a trucker and thank a farmer. And people have taken this for granted all these years. And bad public policy is putting these things at risk. Right now, we, we can get food at the grocery store, but it costs a lot more. But if it gets to a point where we don't have food at the grocery store, that's going to be a real problem, Jill. That's going to be a really big problem. And it's not an easy problem. You don't just turn on a switch and have meat and produce. Like you said, it's you know it, it takes time and a lot of money to make a crop. Uh, the and the the ethanol is is another kind of concerning issue. If he wants to increase the amount of ethanol, which is made from field corn, uh, there are a bunch of different kinds of corn. It's not all sweet corn and popcorn. Um, uh, it takes a lot of, of field corn to make ethanol. Ethanol is all over the place in Iowa and Nebraska. You don't get as good a gas mileage with ethanol as what I've found, because I've used both going back and forth all the time. Um, the, the price is better. Yeah, it's it's a little cheaper. Not enough that's going to make much of a difference at four, four bucks a gallon. Uh, but if you're wanting to increase the amount of ethanol that is distributed for gasoline, for driving cars and trucks and things, then that's going to take even more of a bite out of the out of the food industry. Where you know we're burning, we're we're driving on our food. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, I mean that kind of corn is used for a whole bunch of different things. It's not yeah. the same. It's not the stuff you buy in a can and eat, but it's uh, it's used in a lot of very important things that you don't even think about. Well, and you mentioned fertilizer a minute ago, and uh, one of the ingredients for fertilizer is natural gas. I think that that's a component of it. And, of course, public policy, Joe Biden shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. There's been this assault on oil and gas. And so those those costs are going up significantly for fertilizer. Fertilizer gives us higher crop yields, which those higher crop yields means that they feed more people. And so you and I have talked about it. It, it, it. This can't be this incompetent. This is, has to be planned, it seems like. I, I know. Yeah. It, I don't think there's any way that she can just say, oh, they're so stupid. 
because once you understand the Great Reset, and they they want uh, they want to cure poverty and starvation and disease, but they're what they fail to say right away after that is by <laughs> the way they want to the way they plan to cure it is to depopulate the world so that there are only a billion people left on the planet. And it is on page 771 of the Human Biodiversity, blah, 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 some 1,100-page document that was developed after Agenda 21 came out in 1992. So this, this has been part of their plan for years, and they talk about it. You can look up World Economic Forum population control or depopulation, D-E, population, depopulation, and you can find videos on YouTube where they they just say it right out loud, we need to get the world's population down to no more than one billion people well, because and, we want them to have a nice lifestyle. So, and, folks, they need to get rid of a bunch of us, <laughs> in other words, and I'm saying it out loud. Hey, that's what they need to do. Well, and it's so interesting. I had um, uh, Kathy Russell on last week about, and she's written an excellent op-ed that is on the website, The Cosmology of Freedom. And what she was really, I would say, talking about with cosmology is these worldviews. And the globalist elites, the elites across the spectrum, they do not believe in creativity and innovation and freedom in the American idea. Because if you believe that, if you have that abundance mentality, the sky is the limit. But these folks, you see their policies are destructive, and um, they look at resources as being scarce. Uh, And they're teaching that to our kids instead of that the sky's the limit. And uh, I'd mentioned um, Ron Hanks that is running for for, uh, U.S. Senate, and he was asked this question. I was at a luncheon regarding water. Because Colorado is the state that all of our water uh, goes goes downhill to all these other states. And he said, we need to take a look at some of these other states and what they're doing with their water policy. And he mentioned California, that California, and I think you mentioned this also, that they are actually uh, blowing up hydroelectric dams so that the salmon don't have to go up the, the ladders, that they... Um, it can just swim around without any impediments. So they're blowing up these dams that have been there for years, which that power helps people have better lives. But the other thing is, is California had an opportunity for a desalination plant. If you look to the west of California, there's a whole bunch of water. But instead of doing this desalination, uh, they continue to look at this as a scarce resource. And so it really is a... a differing view of cosmologies of worldviews, Jill. Uh, absolutely. And if you think about um, you know, they are, they're messing with the water supply, they're messing with, like you said, the, the hydroelectric dams that they've gotten rid of. They um, and, yet, and yet they're still running fountains, right, all over California, right? So, I'm sorry, uh, what, so everybody has a swimming pool? And you're using our water, and you're the farmers in the Central Valley are really hurting if they're at all still in business because of the EPA messing around with their with their water rights. Colorado has issues with water rights mm-hmm. and farmers that are who farmers that need to irrigate 
their land, in, which uses a lot of water, but it also feeds a lot of people. It feeds a lot of people. But, right. if the, you know, if the government or the legislature starts messing around with water rights or the regulators start messing around with water rights, they, I mean, they already have for a long time. Now you're talking some significant, that's some real significant uh, potential tragic outcomes that are going to be determined by unelected people, right? right? Bureaucrats. Right. Are going to make these. And, and you know what? I, when I talked about the depopulation, what I think, think about it, it's easier this way. You remember when Rahm Emanuel said, never let a good crisis go to waste? Right. So, so if they can create, if the elites can create a food shortage, all these crises, pandemic, uh, so many different things just pounding away at us over and over and over and over again. You know, the population is going to become so traumatized and frightened that we will turn to the government and say, please, we'll, we'll do any, what do, you, what do we do, what do we do, what do we do, and we'll accept just about anything they tell us. So well, if they can make it bad enough, if they can make a big enough crisis on so many levels that we will bow down to them and let them take over and form their new world order, one world order, one world socialism, all that, I, I think that is the ultimate goal. And they are just screaming fast going down that going down that path. Well, the Donald Trump uh, four years was really a fly in the ointment to this this agenda, first thing. Second thing, I know this, it sounds so, so uh, kind of conspiratorial, but as you mentioned, you can read it. And, and it is there. Yeah. And um, I, one of my kids was studying political science at CSU and came home espousing the benefits of a one world government with nine judges that would make all the decisions for all of us. Of course, Jill, that's where I decided to get involved. Uh, and after I blew a gasket, I'm like, did you not think that the founding fathers thought that decentralizing power uh, the balance of power was a good idea. So this agenda is really, really out there. But the thing about it, Jill, that they're not betting on, that is the grassroots Americans. And when I look at the many candidates that are stepping forward, the fact that that DA out in San Francisco was recalled, I look at the grassroots candidates that are stepping forward here, uh, they're not betting on people that that love freedom and love the American idea. So I, I take a lot of confidence in that. Now, Jill, we're going to go uh, to break. Um, I want to ask you, first of all, to button this up. But um, we take call-ins uh, the next uh, segment. Can you stay on if people have questions for you? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Uh, how would you like to button this up? I, I think understand that there's always a bigger picture. You know, there, there's the Great Reset New world order is the big picture. I don't think these are all accidents. Like just like I honestly do not believe all of these mass shootings. Uh, I mean, they're happening practically every day now. And to me, the mass shootings, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's absolutely 100 percent, but too many, too many coincidences for there not to be some kind of. Mm, uh, now let's other, just, yeah, we'll stay tuned on that. I know it's it's curious. So yes. So the but but I am encouraged, Jill, because Americans are, are stepping forward. They're waking up. I think that's why there's um, 
the globalist elites are, are on uh, warp speed, uh, the big caravan coming to the, the border. Uh, it is uh, more than just a quinc- uh, coincidence. But let's go to break. We've got Stephanie in Denver on the line. I want to hear what's on your radar. 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Medical freedom, patient choice, and informed consent are all staples of comprehensive health care. You'll find exactly that at Roots Medical, located in the Denver Tech Center, offering specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Functional, comprehensive primary health care. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. Dr. Jill Vecchio is staying through the break, and you can ask her questions. Before we get to Stephanie in Denver, the nonprofit that I am adopting is the USMCMemorialFoundation.org. They are raising money to... Uh, remodel the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax to honor our veterans, to honor our military, and to to keep their stories alive. And uh, so if you want to help them, which would be a great idea, go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. You can donate there. You can buy a brick to honor your loved one. We'll be, um, would really recommend that you do that. So, hey, Stephanie in Denver, what is on your radar? Well, I have so much on my radar. <laughs> So I'm always thrilled to hear that Dr. Joe's going to be on, and I think these fires are very suspect. But um, two things. I just noticed in the paper for tonight from 6 to 8 on Channel 4, 7, and 9, they're doing the January 6th hearings investigation, the, the attack on the Capitol. Imagine that. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Other thing was actually I thought of when Karen was on, Um, I bought a 1927 bungalow in the Highlands in 1978. I I was not elderly at that time, and I had an elderly neighbor who said, after the war, meaning World War II, we wanted to buy your house, but it was $3,000, and ours was only $1,800, and they had a lovely 1940s brick um, ranch with a two-car garage. My boss when I sold my house 11 years ago 14 years ago my boss was like keep your house keep your house keep your house as I said I paid 42,000 I sold it for 330 
A couple years ago, it sold for seven fifty. That is a way to create wealth is through home ownership, Stephanie, in yep. Denver. Yep, I should have listened to my boss. I should have listened to you. <laughs> there, there you okay. go. So, hey, thanks so much for, uh, I love hearing from you. So thanks, Stephanie. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. Now we're going to go over to Mark in Black Forest. Mark in Black Forest, what's on your radar? Come be here in just a second here. Takes a minute to kind of move these lines around. Um, for her uh, okay. work. Okay, Mark, start over. We didn't have you on, so go ahead and start and begin at the beginning again. Okay. I just wanted to thank uh, Dr. Jill for her research. Um, and uh, I wanted to point out um, that uh, the ethanol that they're proposing, ethanol is bad for your engine. And I think, I think if uh, they go to 15%, um, people are going to have a lot of trouble with their vehicles. Can you imagine putting you know something that's going to harm your engine into your brand new sixty thousand dollars pickup truck? That's um, terrible. Uh, and finally, I wanted to ask uh, uh, Dr. Jill if she's going to do any more research on what's going on in Ukraine with Azov Battalion and everything that's happening over there. Okay, Dr. Um, Jill. Yeah, no, that that's a whole other subject that that um, I'd be happy to get on with Kim and and talk about. It's it's bizarre. There are there are two diametrically opposed kind of ways to think about Russia Ukraine, and we don't know what the truth is. I'm not sure we ever will. We don't have the journalists on the ground that we usually do during a quote war or something. We're just having to depend on what somebody is telling us, and the somebody is either the United States or the EU or NATO countries, which are all saying the same thing, and then Russia is saying something completely different. And it's hard to, which one do you believe? Because, you know, we have good reasons to not necessarily believe NATO and our own country these days after after COVID and all that. So you know, I, it's hard or impossible to really know what's happening when we, we're not we're hearing diametrically opposed things from people who supposedly mm-hmm. are living there. We're hearing that the right. Azov Battalion is the neo-Nazis, and they're the ones murdering the people, not the Russians. The Russians are actually trying to protect the people and get them out of these regions. And then the Russians are getting rid of the bioweapons labs, and maybe they're getting rid of the money laundering, and they're, they're shutting down the baby factories that they have there for this whole surrogate mother Thing. So, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Russia is saying we're doing good stuff there. We're protecting people from the neo-Nazis. And, the, you know, we're just hearing two totally different things. So that's kind of off the subject of this, but it is fascinating. And I would I would be more than happy to get on and uh, talk with Kim about it, because I think people are only hearing one side of it. And I, I think exactly. it might be worth questioning the other side. Okay. And uh, yeah, a, good, a good source. A good source is the Duran. Um, I, I think they're getting the truth out. Okay, and is that D-U-R-A-N? Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. The Durand. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, Mark and Black Forest, thank you so much. <clears throat> and Jill, this whole Ukraine thing, uh, I mean, something's going on. Yes, we know that's true. Uh, but th- where I'm questioning this is all the mainstream media, the, the total demonization of Putin and that uh, Biden's blaming Putin for everything 
And then next thing you know, we're sending all kinds of money to Ukraine. But Ukraine has been... Uh, and why Ukraine's been the the place where it's been a big laundromat for laundering money, uh, and a lot of that money then has come back to America to Democrat politicians, and the mainstream media they lied to us on COVID, so I don't trust them. So I I'm just I, I don't know quite, but something just doesn't feel right in this whole narrative, Jill. We've got about a couple of minutes. Your thoughts. I agree. I agree. I think I think it's very reasonable, very reasonable to question the truth, to, to find to kind of go, you know what, what a weird thing uh, to think that Russia may be telling us at least more truth than our own government and NATO is telling us through the media. So it's propaganda versus propaganda versus propaganda, right? We know that there are a lot of bad things have been happening in Ukraine between money laundering, like you said, baby factories, bio lab, bioweapons labs, and Russia's claiming that they might be shutting all this stuff down. We don't know. Russia's doing some interesting stuff. They're they're going buying up gold and um, talking about putting the ruble back on the gold standard or something. I just heard that, like, yesterday um, on uh, some other outlet, not not standard outlet. But, but it's really interesting. Are they? Did Russia shut down the bioweapons labs? Thank you. If you did, are there neo Nazis that are killing the Ukrainian people, and is Russia protecting them? If so, that's pretty cool. And it, it, it's weird to think that Putin may be doing well. One thing, more, and because we're freedom than, <laughs> than yeah. NATO in the United States. And I'm trying to find it right now, but there, I think it was a Forbes article, so I'm, I'm doing a search for it right now. And that is, is that Forbes said that Putin, oh, shoot, um, that Putin was actually threatening the globalist elites. And let me see if I can right. find that. Um, yeah, I've heard that too. And Putin was a, supposedly, I think he was a World Economic Forum young leader, Um when the world when world economic forum first started the program i think putin was part of that program well maybe putin you know obviously he would have learned what the world economic forum global agenda was and maybe he said i will do everything in my power to keep this from happening you know so maybe he's actually trying to I, you know, I don't some of the some of the great reset. Yeah, I I don't know, but stay tuned. It's going to be very interesting to try to figure this out. So, hey, Jill, we are out of time. So, I think that uh, Mark has laid down the challenge for our next uh, subject. What do you think? I think that sounds great. Okay, thanks so much, Dr. Jill Vecchio. It's always a great treat to have you on the show. And thank you to our callers as well, Stephanie in Denver and Mark in Black Forest. My friends, our quote for the end of the day is from Mark Twain. He said, politicians and diapers must be changed often and for the same reason. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you. And God bless America. 